Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 627. Science Faction curing lupus and bringing polio back. Good thing House is over with after we're curing lupus because, you, and by the way, I'm not shitting on House MD. House MD was a dope show for like public, that wasn't HBO. Sure. Like it was a really cool, like just public access USA show. Lupus was mentioned in every episode. It was, it was the whole, there was a whole joke on the show was that, is it lupus? No, it's not lupus. We have to rule that out. I, I think it would be funny too if there was also like a guy who was like House's Moriarty, who was like a serial poisoner or something, who was named Lucas. And then you're like, was it Lupus or Lucas? And the entire thing would be like a who's on first routine. I'm trying to think of the anti Dr. House because I mean, that's just a serial sure. killer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you could make him like a, a med school dropout and House's best friend. Uh, a failed anesthesiologist who just kept poisoning his patients. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> uh, who doesn't have a drug problem, ironically. I mean, we're going all opposites yeah, here. Yeah, he actually does a lot of charity work, too. Where his house is a big dick. This guy's really approachable. Dude, he saved my marriage. Uh, and if you want to be like House with a Big Dick, go ahead and check out our Patreon. <laughs> you can search Robert Timothy on Patreon, where you'll get a whole new episode of Science Faction every single week. But for now, let's move right on. To science articles. From molecules to particles, this is science articles. Hey, uh, before we get into science articles, Bobby, uh, I want to drop a bomb. Uh, okay. Are you going to keep the feed going while you use the toilet, or is this? Are you going to mute it? I have an extra long USB, so I'm taking the Yeti in with me. Okay. That's why you can't see me on the Zoom call. I see. It might sound a little echoey. The Yeti's a great mic. Yes. Highly recommended for podcasters, but it's going to still sound a bit echoey. Sure. This isn't the perfect recording place. No, Bobby, I'm referring to IEDs. I'm going to be having surgery soon. Ooh. Now, it's not a serious surgery, and I don't bring this up. I wouldn't just bring up a surgery that, that was a minor surgery unless it had repercussions for the show. Now, Bobby, you do know, you know this about me, that I have a deviated septum. I, I can't breathe very well out of my nose, despite having a huge nose. Yes, yes. It's, great it's, irony. It's, it's the ultimate irony. It's like uh, those old Cadillacs they made in, like, 1973 that, that were 24 <laughs> feet long, but were two doors and had two bucket seats in the front. And you're like, really? Really? This entire thing that's, like, half the length of an 18-wheeler tractor trailer, uh, this thing holds two people? Okay. Okay, 1972. I am. I have a deviated septum. Uh, in fact, when the doctors were uh, were trying to stick a camera in my nose, uh -huh. uh, they couldn't get it in my left nostril. Could, they could get it in my right nostril. Okay. Uh, with a lot of pain, I have like these baby nostrils. I guess. Okay. Whatever. Uh, at least deep inside. Uh, and so, uh, but they're going to go in and correct that. And they have let me know uh -huh. that this might have, and this probably will have an effect on my voice. Really? I probably will sound less nasally now. Really. Yeah, I, I, this so, uh, so like. Wouldn't it be great if you just came out of this like like smooth talking Barry White voice? Like yeah. this is what this is what has been hidden under that that deviated septum this whole time. Bobby, I hate to break this to you, but I've sounded like Alec Baldwin this whole time, <laughs> and I'm sorry that uh, uh, <laughs> I've held back my sexiness unintentionally. Well, I'm excited. Congratulations! I, it'll be interesting for you to like breathe like a normal person. 
Diamond, don't do it, don't do it. This is Alex Jones. This, this might be the last time you and I get to talk. I don't know if I'm going to be coming off the operating table. Oh, this one, Damien. I could be gone. Don't do it, please. We got a great thing going. Oh, Damien, I'm looking at some of the the podcast uh, USADA rules here, and it seems like that is considered a performance-enhancing surgery and not allowed by USADA during podcast competition. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to one. I'm going to Pride. Pride podcast. <laughs> going to Japan where they give you steroids when you walk in the door. Dude, they love huge Caucasian podcasters in Japan. I will I will be so much more famous than you in a very short and undeserved period of time, Bob. Yes, you will be the Bob Sapp of Japanese podcasting. All right, uh, let's go back on to article number one, curing lupus. Sorry, Bobby, I'm uh, marketing myself on a, as a Japanese wrestler podcast son. I'm, I'm marketing myself as a guy who does like Japanese voiceovers for for audiobooks and whatnot. What if this means that I'm like a heel, like a I'm a I'm a, a I'm like a heel in in Japan Japanese wrestling? Like I'm like I play like a Joe Rogan like character, <laughs> and like a bunch of Japanese people who don't speak English would believe that our podcast Science Faction is like the is like a Joe Rogan esque podcast. Frankly, with the embedded racism that that goes on between different races, they might believe you're Joe Rogan. <laughs> Just because I'm constantly doing DMT around them. <laughs> Six inches taller. <laughs> it would look nothing like him, but you're just like, yeah, it's me, Joe Rogan. The Japanese would respect Joe Rogan. While they would despise the guests that sure. he allows to dishonor his show, Yeah, uh, I think they would really respect his martial arts uh, nature. Like, that would buy True. him a lot of points in Japan. He'd True. be like Steven Seagal. Like, he could get away with a lot. Except he's got a lot of tattoos, which is also kind of verboten in Japan. So, you know, it's, it oscillates back and forth. Dude, you ever work with Yakuza, bro? Wild, man. <laughs> oh, dear. So this article, really, really, really interesting. I bet this is probably one of the most underreported articles of the week. This is a really exciting article that may outline the beginning of a world without autoimmune diseases. So let's review what autoimmune diseases are. They're basically when your body attacks you. And they're a lot more convenient than a manual immune system disease. Like, yes. uh, for being honest, like, like, I know how to do a manual immune system. Yeah, but it sucks in traffic. Yeah, but I mean, you could save a lot of calories, though. Yes. With a manual immune system disease than you would. <laughs> well, you used to, that used to be the case. You used to get much better <laughs> right. metabolism with the manual <laughs> immune system. But nowadays, the automatic immune system, they're like eight gears, and they're just done so well that they actually tend to, to get better, better metabolism with those. Say something that'll make a young person think like you're, uh, you drive like a wind-up car. Oh, my current car is a stick shift. Yeah. Like, and by the way, my current, my Ford Fiesta circa 2012 is a stick shift. Uh, dear. So, yeah, anytime your body attacks itself, it is an autoimmune disease. Uh, some examples of this are type 1 diabetes. That's not the one where you eat too much sugar. That's the one where basically your body attacks your pancreas. Crohn's or IBS, rheumatoid arthritis, celiac disease, multiple sclerosis we've talked about before, where your body actually attacks the myelin sheath on your nerves, psoriasis, and others, including the one that they addressed in this particular article, lupus. Now, what is lupus? My truth be told, my uh, mother-in-law, lovely lady, uh -huh. uh, has lupus. Really? Uh, she's being she's being treated for long-term lupus. Sure. But I still, despite being it said many times on house, yeah, 
Yeah, that's a good question. It is another autoimmune disease. Only instead of one like, you know, MS that's attacking the myelin and sheath and stuff, it tends to be more global. It tends to attack many different types uh, of cells uh, within the body from skin to organs to everything else. So here's a quote. In lupus dysfunctional B cells, a type of immune cell, pump out autoantibodies that glom onto the body's cells and summon others to destroy them. Several medications target these harmful B cells, but they don't work for all lupus patients. So B cells, which we've talked about before, are part of your immune system, they make antibodies. In this case, they're making antibodies that bind to specific cells in your own body and teach your own body to attack it. And that is what is going on. In some cases of lupus, you're attacking all the organs, like major organs in your body, and it could cause major organ failure and death. About a thousand people every year in the U.S. die from lupus. You could imagine what that is in a, in a more third world country. But basically, this is where your body's immune system has fucked up. It has told, part of your immune system has told the other part, attack this because it's an outside invader, when in fact, it's your own tissue, and it goes after it. And it's it can be really, really harmful. Now, there is some debate on whether we should even cure lupus, uh, because while it does kill that 1,000 or so people in the U.S. every year, there is a fear that preventing lupus altogether might risk the nation's other desperately needed resources, kisses from roses. God, <laughs> who even gets that? No, no, I want, I want audience members, who got that? Bobby, you need to learn that not everybody grew up watching Val Kilmer's Batman fight Tommy, a ridiculous Tommy Lee Jones and an even more ridiculous Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a, this is a reference to seal kiss from a rose. No, I'm aware, but uh, do you were uh, clearly, you don't remember what the title track from Batman forever was. And oh. it was seals kiss from a rose on the grave. Surprisingly, I never saw that movie. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're cool. It was, it was no water world, I'll tell you that. <laughs> if it wasn't for Batman Forever, they would not have blown so much smoke up, kiss from a rose, hmm. whatever, seal song. That's a great song. Uh, but regardless, it's still probably worth getting rid of lupus, even if we lose, you know, that song or future songs like it. To anybody who's seen, like, the Christian Bale, like the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, yeah. which, by the way, have, haven't aged great. They're still, like, cinematically, like, but, like... Like, like there was a generation who that was their Batman, Christian yeah. Bale. We had Val fucking Kilmer as our Batman. I'm gonna be honest with Michael Clooney. Keaton. The Mike, yeah, even worse. And the Bat Michael Keaton Batman movies like came out like just a general like like we were. I think the second one came out when I was in like four when I was four years old. Uh, yes, everybody know your privilege when it comes to your childhood Batman, because that is a major thing that will dictate how much entitlement you have throughout your life. And you kids, you, you, I, I would have, do you realize I would have, the things I would have done, I would have volunteered for, to work at a child slavery mine, a child cobalt mine, if I would have known that I could have advanced access to today's MCU. Do things <laughs> yeah, I would right. have done. Oh, totally. <laughs> Uh, by the way, something I learned in the back research for this article, because frequently, you know, I'll read an article, I'll be like, oh, this is interesting, and I'll do a bunch of back research. In this case, I did a bunch of back research on lupus, because like Damien, I have heard of it a thousand times, I'm kind of aware of it, but I wanted to know some more specifics. You know what's something I figured out that's fucking crazy? Damien, the sex ratio of lupus is nine women to every one man. Huh. Isn't that fucking crazy? That's like the opposite of, yeah, of, of like literally autism. everything yeah. else. Yeah. 
No, I, oh, I mean, not autism. I thought like most most diseases, just because like no, if you're most. a guy, I mean, you don't have a bad. I thought a lot of diseases. Yeah, uh, was that you know like if if you're a woman, you, you know, uh, it, you just as long as you you you'll, you're more likely to have a gene. Sure. That will stop the disease. So hence, yeah. I'm no longer a hemophiliac because I'm a woman. Right. Whereas it's much easier. To, why is lupus like that for women? Is do you have do you have to, are two things on the X chromosome? That's exactly right. So what, well, it's not that you have to, right? So what they found is that there is a specific mutation to a gene called TLR7, and that TLR7. By the way, this is all background. This is not the article itself. It is just something I found fucking fascinating. That TLR7 gene, when it overproduces, and it is on the X chromosome, we do think that over overproduction causes like release of specific hormones and stuff that end up causing lupus in human beings, right? Well, it turns out that this is one of those weird genes that sometimes doesn't get silenced by the opposite X chromosome. Like the way females usually work is only one of their X chromosomes is actually doing shit. The other one is silenced because otherwise you'd have genetic disorders and stuff. So only one of them produces genes. In this case, it's one of those weird genes where the, both of them are producing at the same time, which means that females can have you know twice as much or more TLR7 mutations uh, as a male. And so nine out of 10 lupus patients are females fucking crazy so uh, okay like uh, autoimmune diseases just is you know i think they're basically categorized by what your immune system attacks yes so i guess what does lupus attack it does it attack everything yeah like i was saying almost everything it attacks you know the skin yeah. like you see seal you know you got the skin you it, it can attack major organ systems sometimes it depends on the type of lupus you have the people we were talking about in this particular study they were having their entire body ravaged by lupus their organs were literally being damaged almost all of their organs were being progressively damaged by the disease so i if your autoimmune disease is has a lot of chutzpah and decides to attack everything yeah. that's lupus yes yeah okay yeah that's when you got a motivated immune system you know but there's more m money in the specialties that's why that's, that's why we have that's why there's so many specialties and so little uh md lupuses out there. So some researchers wanted to try like a new therapy, not that it's new as a treatment, but that it's new as a treatment for autoimmune diseases. Because this is actually a treatment we've talked about before that was developed to treat cancer utilizing the immune system. So chimeric antigen receptor or CAR T-cell therapy extracts immune cells called T-cells from a patient's blood, genetically tweaks those T-cells in the lab, and then injects them back into the patient's body. These engineered T-cells target the B-cells, which we talked about before as the ones producing the bad antibodies, with specific molecules on their surface wiping out both problem cells and healthy B-cells. So they basically change the T cells in an immune system to attack a different part of the immune system that is causing the problems. And it did. And it basically wiped out those B cells that were causing the problems, wiping out the actual lupus symptoms, like the actual attack and the damage on your, on your organs and stuff, wiping all of that out in turn. And then they took these people off the medication I should also mention this is one of the biggest parts. This is not like chemotherapy. This is not, this is a one-shot treatment. This is literally one shot. Now, obviously, you took the blood out first to get the T cells, and then you engineered them, and then you put them back in. But the treatment itself is one shot. And then they took these people off of their lupus medication. These are people whose organs are being fucking eaten alive by their own body because of lupus. They took them off that medication, and they fucking did perfectly basically the lupus was gone in these people 
The first patient treated has now been in drug-free remission for 17 months. That's fucking crazy. That's like, you know, the case of the, the Berlin patient who's been off his HIV medication for like 15 years or something. This is a fast moving disease. And if you can stop it for 17 months like that, that is crazy. And from what they said, she took one shot and she is living a normal life. The type of lupus she had was a debilitating type. She is now living a normal life after one shot. Well, I mean, unless you're a scriptwriter for, you know, any sort of house reboot. Yeah. Uh, this sounds like a, like wonderful news. Yes. We've now recreated it uh, like four or five times. This is a very, very, very small case study. We cannot extrapolate stats from this. We can't say this is going to be a success or anything. But what we can say is it has worked in these individuals. It's not enough of a sample size for us to let us know how effective it will be in a general population. But this is amazing. Most notably, five months after the treatment, that woman, the one we talked about, the first one to go through it, her B cell count began to rise, meaning that those B cells were coming back after being taken out by all the T cells, but the symptoms didn't return, meaning that they think they got rid of all the dysfunctional B cells and there's no more coming back, meaning this might not just be an incredibly effective treatment, it might be a literal cure for lupus. When, when can we expect something like this on the market? Follow-ups. We're going to need huge follow-ups, much bigger end numbers, long-term studies, making sure that you can keep people safely off their medicine for long periods of time and making sure that if there's certain people who are immunocompromised or there's something else going on, maybe you have to modify that, that stuff. All of that needs to be worked out. But again, unless this person goes into remission, we might have just cured fucking lupus. Uh, great. Lupus is done. Check. Now, when are we going to get to dick gout? It's ruining at least one podcasting life. That is true. I have read that. Adult onset dick gout. If you didn't have sex with so much organ meat, it wouldn't have been. <laughs> My liver and onions condoms, Bobby. I, they're organic. <laughs> I just feel like that's something you do when you're dating a Polish guy. Like, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Take the condom off, man. Me and my buddy's got a screw in a light bulb there. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, uh, this might be go beyond just lupus. You know, some modifications of this treatment might very well be a very, very effective treatment for multiple autoimmune diseases. I think this is the biggest news story that's not being talked about. It is amazing science. I can't wait to see where we where this goes. And this might be one of those things where you're hearing about it now, but in seven or eight years, you are hearing the announcement of the drug that will end lupus. And this green door is pretty good in case it gets really hot inside the submarine. We can air it out. <laughs> Article number two, polio is spreading in New York, putting into question how long people will be walking there. <laughs> hey, I can't take public transit, so I'm yelling this out the window to you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a recluse in here. <laughs> oh, dear. So, they can't hear me in my iron lung, Ma. 
We've touched on this story briefly before, but much like monkeypox, what we first thought was a quick epidemiological blip that would go away is now getting seriously out of control. So real quick, we'll review polio virus. Uh, polio is a virus that people would endemically catch quite often back in the day. You would usually get it from water supplies and stuff like that because once an infected person was infected, they would then release a ton of it through their feces. And so that would get into water supplies through kids swimming and stuff like that. And they would get in their mouth and they would get polio. Ironically, it's one of the earliest cases of like a hygiene-based disease, meaning polio has always been endemic in the environment. It didn't actually start infecting people and causing shit until the 18 and 1900s. And that was because before then, almost all kids got polio playing around in water sources when they were very young. When you get it before the age of like two or three, it's not a big deal. It's kind of like chicken pox. It kind of comes and goes. But when you get it a little bit older, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, that's where it can actually cause very serious disease very serious disease, including, in some cases, paralysis. So, like, that's that's something... If you and I went back in time, that's something they never talk about in, like, old-timey movies because, yeah. like, like you know, humans were cool with playing in shit water for yes. a really long yeah. period of time. You and I might get polio, and that's the yes. end of the story. So, I, You know, it's funny. It's right before this. I actually was just like, fuck, I better check. And I called my mom, and I was like, hey... Hey, did I ever get a polio vaccine? And she was like, yeah, yeah, you're good. You got polio. You're fine. And we think polio vaccines last a lifetime. There might be a booster update for people like you and me. But the reality is people like you and me, or I, I believe you would be, have been too. I, I think they require it for a lot of schools. People who were vaccinated as children essentially have almost a 0% chance of ever getting paralytic polio. Now, what's interesting about polio is the vaccine doesn't actually stop you from getting infected. And it doesn't stop you from transmitting it. It does prevent near 100% of paralysis cases, though. So that is why it is important. So anyway, as we have reported, we started noticing polio within the sewage systems back in Rockland, New York, back in July. And that started a big sewage monitoring program where we were analyzing the sewage coming out of that area looking for polio cases. And we found some, enough that it seemed like there might have been some transmission going on. And then we found some in other counties nearby, Nassau and a few other ones uh, in, in New York. We even have recently detected one in New York City, a few cases of it in New York City. And this is really scary because this indicates that this isn't just a single person who came with some kind of vaccine-derived polio. This is actually a person who is transmitting it. So let's talk about how the vaccines work. Fucking New York hipsters. <laughs> yeah, they got the old vaccine. So what, what ended up happening was we have two different types of vaccine for this. One is an injectable IV one. One is a uh, oral one. The oral one hasn't been used in the United States since 2000. Dave and I, you, you, might, you and I might have actually gotten the oral one. But the oral one, it does have a live virus. It has a weakened virus. And then when you shit, just like you normally would with polio, some versions of that weakened virus get out. Now, if that weakened virus is still contractible and then somebody comes in contact with it and then they get that polio and then that happens again and again and again with enough contractions and enough mutations, sometimes the weakened virus from the oral vaccine can regain the ability to not only infect, but to paralyze people. This is something that just happens, you know, statistically over time, which is why we got rid of it in this country starting in the year 2000. You can only get the injectable one, which is a dead virus. It can't do that at all. So somebody got the oral polio vaccine in one of the countries that still give it out. And then somebody else got infected from from them and it became 
transmissible between people, it got a foothold. And now, as this story is developing, at least one person in New York has now gotten paralytic polio. We only have records of like a couple of individuals who are reporting having polio there, but both the sewage, which shows like a whole bunch of different people have it, and the statistics, which are that only about one out of every 200 polio cases become paralytic, suggest that actually there's a shitload of polio people going around in the United States right now. Even more scary, they found genetic similarities between the Rockland virus and the Nassau virus. And those two counties are like 40 miles apart. So this is not a shared sewage system. So that means there's some community transmission that impacts people in those two different counties. What if it's rats? I've been to New York, you know, like if people are pooing, it gets into the sewers. You know, the sewers are where rats and crime fighting turtles live. Yeah. I don't think rats can get that, that particular virus, but even if they could, uh, we would not be seeing them exporting uh, segments well, of the, the virus. Well, just poo on, them, on their fur, and they just, uh, now he's <laughs> in your kitchen. It. No, it's it's more of a, a situation. Th these are definitely human cases of, of it, because we are seeing in the genetics, the actual, uh, hu we're, we're seeing that it's actually human cases coming out in the sewage. You're saying if I shit on a rat or if I throw a rat in a pool of my shit, yes. he would not then be a plague rat for whatever I had in me at the time. But are you just saying the rat is then just moving around? Like, how is that rat getting that poo into my mouth if he gets the... So let's say you have polio, you have a big poo vat and it's just filled with rats and it's an open septic pit uh -huh. and you just poo in this big pit and then the rats swim around. One or two of them get out. How is that rat going to give me your polio poo easy the rat gets out and then all of a sudden is from this very stressful experience uh, uh f does what it does it follows its nose it smells a fancy french restaurant wanders inside and uh, uh ends up helping a chef prepare a meal for you and your wife on your anniversary oh okay and uh yeah you uh just like you know like if a chef doesn't wash his hands it can cause an outbreak of god knows what yeah you know if uh if a rat crawls out of a vat of feces then helps a chef prepare a meal you yes. know you're looking at a lot too and the movie ratatouille yes uh, <laughs> it was originally proposed as a shutter uh, horror film <laughs> But Pixar made some tweaks. And by the way, Bobby, like in a, in a court of law, I have you under oath. Is the situation that I have just described plausible? No. Fair enough. Yeah. That's fair. No, I don't <laughs> think. Then the rat just fell in a big thing of pasta. Yeah, that's it. Fuck. Either way. Either way. Maybe I'm just eating rats. Maybe that's it. Also, we don't have a lot of rats here. This is. <laughs> well, you you and your wife are on a lovely New York vacation, and you left your kids at home alone. All uh, the movie Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> oh, man, I think this means I have to meet Trump. <laughs> but one thing to consider is one of the reasons we do think it is kind of spreading through this area is this area of, you know, this is not New York City. This happens to be a place where anti-vax sentiment is strong enough to create a place where less than 60% of people are vaccinated against polio. Now, I would comment that this is old school anti-vax sentiment. This isn't a, you know, the COVID shit is going to turn us into reptilians. This is like vintage vaccines cause autism type anti-vax shit. So like that is what's going around in New York that has led to a situation where a unexpected burst of vaccine-derived polio could actually be a serious problem. 
we, you and I have a friend, Bobby, whose uh, mother is against vac- vaccinations, mm-hmm. and uh, he got measles as a child. And I was listening to her, you know, her version of it, you know, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, uh, uh, my, you know, my son got me. I didn't get him vaccinated. My son got measles. It was miserable, but he has natural immunity, and I was there taking care of him. And I asked him about it, and he was like, "Yeah, my mom let me get measles. It was the worst experience of my fucking life. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little upset about that." I would be too. Oh dear! Thank you so much, audience, for coming back to Science Factions Six Twenty Seven, where you learned all about how we might have just cured lupus and how polio might be a bigger deal in New York State than we previously anticipated. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction Six Twenty Eight. Hey, I'm getting bed sores over here. Good thing I'm staying at that hotel from Dunstan Checks In. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right.